0: Greetings, fellow adventurers, and welcome in to another episode of the Fantasy Football RPG Podcast. Whether you're a goblin, barbarian, wizard, or warlock, gather your gear and potions because it's time, Corey, Evan, and Eric to help you level up in
1: fantasy football.
0: mayonnaise and his
2: coffee he's got my vote man that that really bothers you <laughs> that's the sign of that's the sign of a real man it's so gross this is the worst it's pretty messed up i mean i've i there's has to be weirdest i've heard of weirder stuff than that though like mayo and the coffee and at least like you can sort of see the logic right it's it's no. eggs and no like there's no logic oil and it's kind of dairy-esque kind of you know what if 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 Will Levis ends up being what I think Evan thinks he'll be and Eric is talking this much trash about mayo coffee I think the bet here should be Eric needs to to take a cup of that sweet sweet egg bean juice
0: absolutely not that will never be a bet I make If there's even a percentage I could lose that bet I'm not making that bet
2: I'll <laughs> admit it sounds awful, but like I almost want to try it just to know. Mm-hmm. Like, just to know because a human person can do it, apparently. Like, there is at least one person out there in the world that we know can do it. No shot.
0: And no enjoys shot. it,
2: enjoys doing it. Yeah. It should literally be on the scouting report
0: as he's going down a fouled that he's a bad decision maker because of that.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it'll uh, it'll definitely be interesting. to see. The new, Take his
0: offensive lineman out for coffee and put mayo in all of it. They're all going to hate him.
2: That is tough in terms of like the coffee runs, like for the team and stuff. Is like, are they just going to have to keep like Hellman's like shelf like on the shelf for him, or are they going to have to like ask the baristas? <laughs> If you think about it, this could be like a really big
0: long-term play that he doesn't get hazed when he gets the NFL because he's like, hey, if you make me go make runs for stuff, I'm going to put mayo in your stuff and it won't bother me. True. Think it could it. be.
2: It's going to be a long-term like play. Be. Maybe he's a genius. Dude, honestly, like, I'm, I more think that way than, like, him doing it means he's going to be a bust because that's just, like, that weird, almost, like, autistic like mindset of like he must have something going on there that could contribute to him just being like an absolute freak and it could translate to success like maybe his brain is just wired completely differently well it'll be interesting to see but uh but glad to be back guys we we had a little bit of a week off I, I feel like all of us just had like kind of our ass kicked last week
1: uh a little bit I was dying last week trying to be social and and working like, yeah, it doesn't work.
2: And we had a hurricane. Yes, working hurricanes. <sighs> yeah, and on my side of things, you know, I'm still ramping up on this new job, and all I can say is, fuck QuickBooks and everything about QuickBooks. I hate it. Um, learning it is is just a daily headache for me. I know eventually it'll be awesome and be a great skill to have and it certainly makes like just keeping track of of uh, the financial like health of the company makes it a lot easier generally speaking but learning it has been an uphill battle that I need an immediate break from Uh, and then within that I also had a bunch of stupid house stuff go on where we had a big windstorm knocked my internet out and then the same windstorm brought rainstorm, which brought a leak in my roof. So it's just been a real... Last week was just not a fun week. That's how SAP was for me when I first came on
0: board. It was a bear to learn. And now that I know it, I love it. But it's like yeah. it took Evan, do you, do you do SAP with your job? No really because that's like such a big engineering program i assumed you guys used it
1: it is it's mainly a structural program though
2: it's really nice once you figure it out I, i'm getting there with quickbooks for sure but oof. all right well like i said had that week off um you know just continuing on with a pretty weird crazy season it feels like and i that's a feeling that i might have like it seems like during the season it always is like a weird season even though maybe it isn't when you like really look back at things but it's this season, season does seem like significantly weirder uh, weird. at least that's that's my gut feeling just a lot of like teams that should have been good that aren't and and players that should have been you know bad that are good and just a lot of like big time injuries and yeah, I mean it's it's just shaking up really weird. I know that uh in terms of fantasy for me, I I only have like I think 5 or 6 teams where I'm feeling like really good taking into like playoff time with and everything else is just kind of looking booty. There's only three constants in life. Death, taxes, and Justin Jefferson. True that, man. Yeah, J Jeff. Uh and and before we launch into that cuz I want to go I just want to get your guys' heartbeat on that Bills Vikings game just in general cuz I thought that was probably i mean up to this point game of the year we'll see if any game beats that going forward but oh my god it would be hard to beat because that game was wild
0: uh, i was gonna say i feel like it was the best game of the year but for like the wrong reasons
2: it was just wild it's just wild
0: like but like last year the best game of the year was that bill's chiefs game in the playoffs mm-hmm. right but it was like one great play after one great play after one great play like it was because yeah. they kept upping their greatness. This game, that game felt like great plays and then just madness. It was the like weirdest stuff. Yeah. The goal line and when
2: the mm-hmm. game was over and it, it's uh, I don't know, uh it, it defensive like on the one defensive recovery for a touchdown, like yeah. just crazy stuff. And yeah, not to mention those big Justin Jefferson catches. Stefan Diggs had one and then Justin Jefferson was like, hold my beer. Yep.
0: Well, and the crazy thing is, too, basically, Stefan Diggs was traded away because of Justin Jefferson, basically. So, like, that Very was true. a factor in it, too. Um, I don't know if that was the greatest catch of all time. It's certainly, like, my top five. But when you consider circumstances that if he dropped that ball, the game was over. Yeah. Might be the best catch of all time because it actually kept the game alive and they won because of it.
2: certainly heightens the uh the impact for me as well but but before we launch into it we have to talk drinks and I have a fun one that I think Eric you are going to really like uh so I went out of my way here I I deviated from the norm because I saw the name the the brewery's not new I've had Fort George before um I believe we have someone in was it the twin blades league where they know a guy that works at the fort george brewery or owns it even i'm not exactly sure on that but um i picked up uh, a new one from them and it is called aptly named magnetic fields and it's got this cool but magnetic fields i saw that name and i was like you know what Let's let's get one for the guy because uh, Justin Fields, man, coming out here two weeks in a row, QB top dog, getting it done with his legs over three hundred and twenty-five yards rushing. What a madman! Who who saw that coming? Me. For all the uh, podcast listeners, Eric is raising his hand with a cheeky grin. <laughs> let's go. He's looking. He's looking like exactly what you want him to look like, and and might I say just exceeding expectations probably like in, in what world would you think that justin fields i mean you thought he was gonna be good but rushing more than lamar jackson good rushing more than Jalen hurts good like qb top dog two weeks in a row that good breaking michael Pretty. vick's
1: record good and completion percentage <laughs>
2: QB1. When you rush 350 freaking yards in two games, I guess you can get away with stuff like that. Uh but yeah, I just wanted to, you know, get one for the boy. Uh I'm gonna I'm gonna pour one out uh into my mouth for Justin Fields. So thank you. It's good to see my boy Fields getting some more respect on this pod. And so uh what do you guys got? You guys are you guys you guys have been boring lately. Just drinking water. You guys got anything going on tonight? I did drink
0: tonight. Um,
2: I have water right
0: now, but I did have a new whiskey that, oh my God, I can't remember the name of it. It was at my buddy's house. We had a Buffalo Trace cigar and whiskey that was made by the people, uh, by the company that does wild turkey. Okay. Uh, But it was like a higher end version of it. And we had it old fashioned sound. It was very good. I need to ask him what the name of it was again, but I don't know off the top of my head, but that's what I had to drink tonight. And it was a very smooth blend that fit very well with an old fashioned. If we have old fashioned fans out there, I I will find out the name and like do it on the next one, but it was a very good mixing
2: whiskey for an old fashioned. That's actually my go-to drink. I I love an old fashioned. Like that's my favorite. Yep. Absolutely. Man of a man of good taste over here, Eric. Like in Justin Fields and old fashions, Corey, we're just vibing right now. And I, I I think I peeked. Oh yeah, what what do you got over there,
1: Evan? Did you just grab something? Oh yeah, I just went to the fridge. Yeah. You were giving me crap, so I went <laughs> to the fridge and grabbed whatever beer I saw first out of it. And it's a Jackalope Brewing uh, Lovebird, cool can again. Well, that but is what I had on the fridge. We went out to a uh, work golf tournament, and they were just chucking beers left and right, so. It uh, was just one that came home with me.
2: Very nice. Glad to see you back on the beer train. Love it. I want to give a
0: shout out to my golf team on Friday where we took first place shooting a 59.
2: Ooh.
0: The four-man we scramble. We Very absolutely killed nice. it. We
1: had 13
0: birdies and one bogey. Great day on the course. Very nice.
1: How'd you fare in yours, Evan? Uh, we ended up having a 65. Oh, that's good too. And I single-handedly had an eagle. On a hole? Ooh. Ooh, that's what I'm talking about. Go nice. bird, go birds. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, I guess if your eagles aren't gonna get it done, you're gonna go get the eagle. Someone's got it. Yeah. <laughs> I had To throw a little bit in there. Uh, but yeah. Okay. Let's let's get into it, guys. There's there's a good amount to talk about. Um, I guess that's a good segue to just like rip off the band aid here. Um, I can kind of combine two of these items together and and just ask one. Are the Washington Commanders a good football team? And the segue to that, the Eagles lost to them, uh, most recently on Monday night. So, yeah, let's let's dive in a little bit here. I didn't see that coming. I don't think a lot of people did. I guess it makes a little more sense when you think about the you know divisional matchup there. And Taylor Heineke has been a revelation. Like, make fun of him all you like. Uh, previous XFL quarterback, but He is going out there and beating top quality teams and quarterbacks. So kudos to him. Um, But yeah, so the commanders get Chase Young back, I think this week. So their team is only going to get better. Are we,
1: what are we looking at here? Are we looking at a good Washington commanders football team? Um, We're looking at an off night for the Eagles. I mean, statistically on the season. I mean, they gave up a 40, 40 minute time of possession. They only had the ball for like 19 and a half minutes. During that game, like that was awful. Uh, They had four turnovers, which was, I think, basically the same amount that they had the rest of the season combined. Mm -hmm. And then they also had a third down efficiency for their defense, where they gave up 12 first downs on third down out of 20, 21, which is just insane for how their defense was playing this year. That was absolutely horrible for them. So And all that stuff. And I mean, you're going to have an off night every once in a while. All I got to say is, all right, there's no more narrative of them beating, you know, being an unbeaten team and uh, it's out of the way. So now they can focus on the real things that matter.
0: And the other part of that is if the refs don't miss one of the most blatant face masks I've ever seen. And if Quez Watkins just lays on the ball, like just catches it and stays down, the Eagles still win that game. Mm Mm-hmm. I think it was more of a indication of the Eagles making very uncharacteristic mistakes at terrible times than the commanders being like a
2: great team. I think I agree with you. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of overreaction happening with, with the loss. I mean, the Eagles obviously had the highest expectations coming into it undefeated getting beat by the uh, Washington football team commanders. It's uh, you know, it stings. Um, But yeah, I think I'm, I'm more aligned with you guys where, Off nights are going to happen undefeated teams in the NFL. It's just, it's such a ridiculously difficult thing to pull off um, winning every game like that. And yeah, you know, the one thing I will say is to me, I mean, we already have um, we already have them coming out and saying that Heineke is going to start next week. um, Mm -hmm. Even though Wentz should be back from injury by then to me, this might, be the signal here that Wentz might not take the reins again here. This, this could end up just being Heineke's team. It should be Heineke's team from here on out. It should be. He beat, I mean, he's been beating uh, a bunch of teams. He went on like a three game winning streak and then barely dropped one to the Vikings. He, he beat the, uh, he got beat by three points by the Vikings that just came out and had a spectacular game against the bills. Um, and then he beats the undefeated Eagles. I I don't know, man. I know that he makes a lot of dumb mistakes too. He's not playing out of his mind, ridiculously prolific or anything. But he is the bona fide leader of the team right now, and he is winning games.
0: I I had about three major takeaways from this game, and they're all commies related because I think this is just an aberration for the Eagles. Eagles are going to be fine. I'm um, not worried. I I don't. It was just a bad night for them. For the commies. My three takeaways were, one, they're not garbage. Like, I-, I think they legitimately have a shot at the seventh playoff scene. Like, they- there's, a- there's a world where they get in at seven. I don't know if they will, but I think they have a shot. My other takeaway was this, I don't care about the Eagles. Like, the Eagles are going to be fine. Start your studs. Eagles are going to be fine the rest of the year. My biggest takeaway, though, is I think Terry McLaurin is a legitimate – Wide receiver one if he has a quarterback who can produce the ball to him that way. That guy is phenomenal. And I think he's a lot of bad quarterback play in his career.
2: No, he does he does look really good. And the thing about Terry McLaurin is he also happens to go against like tough competition and and more often than not, balls out. Um which is cool to see. The only downside about Terry McLaurin is like to me, he's been hard. He's a he's a guy that's hard to like because he came into the uh like the league so old. Like he he started his his first year at like twenty four years old, I believe. Um, uh, right. so now he's already almost twenty eight, and it feels like he just got here, which is that that's yeah. hard. Um, but you know he's he's definitely a good player. Um, and the Commanders have like somehow now a very sneaky good wide receiver core with him and Curtis Samuel and Dotson, um, all all playing pretty well. Um, so it's, it's all just very interesting to see. It's very... I, I raise my eyebrow when, like, Taylor Heineke comes out and he's kind of the guy that is unlocking this team in a way. Um, it's very interesting stuff. But we'll see how long he can keep the reins. Um, to me, as long as he's winning, he should be the starter. Yeah.
0: But, I mean, if you just... Hypothetically thinking, if you take Scary Terry and you plop him onto a really good offensive team, um, I'm trying to think of one off the top of my head. Like, let's say you just throw him on the Bengals, right? How how high up your fantasy wide receiver rankings is Terry McLaurin?
1: It, it doesn't matter. The, 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 the value for the last two years has been everybody saying Terry McLaurin's a wide receiver one because he gets the target share. Because he's that wide receiver in that offense he's the best receiving threat without question there he just hasn't had good quarterback play which kind of benefits them because they're always down so they're throwing more um yeah this year I guess you can make the case it's been been that way with Heineke as well I mean he's averaging right around 30 31 attempts a game which I mean is no Tom Brady numbers at his old age but they also have zero run game down there in Tampa. So I, yeah, I mean, we we've consistently said Terry McLaurin is the wide receiver one. And over the last two years, he's been a mid-wide receiver, um, low-end wide receiver two, uh, high-end wide receiver three, and people are still taking him as a high-end wide receiver two, uh, which ends up being a disappointment for the year. So a lot of people have soured on him. Uh, going back to Heineke though, um, You know, you keep saying how he's unlocking this offense. I mean, he's averaging 210 yards a game, and he has a pick in every single game. I'm not here to say that he's unlocking that offense by any means. I mean, he's a a very mid-quarterback. He has right around like a 61, 62% completion percentage so far in his Mm -hmm. four games that he's played this year. Like, his throws are relatively on target. His timing is okay, um, but yeah, I wouldn't really say he's unlocking this offense.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think what it comes back to to me is he, he he performs mediocre, like you said. He His performance overall leans towards more mediocre, but the two things he's doing here is he's winning games, and he does make plays when he needs to some of the time (laughs) and that seems to be the difference between the victory and the loss in a lot of these games
1: when it goes back to the fact that the backup quarterback is the best position in football i mean alex moran said that a long time ago you know Mm. and uh you know it's just coming true here the backup quarterback comes into the game when the starter goes down Expectations are low if he does anything. I mean, heck, you look at New England and you look what Zappy did. Like everybody started going crazy over Zappy. He was performing pretty mid, and everybody loved him because when you back up, when you're a backup quarterback and you come into the game, the expectations are pretty low. And if you can exceed any of those expectations and just go out there and just ball, like just have fun, like yeah. they're just going out there taking their shots, trying to make their plays, trying to have a couple clips on on wax. It's not hard to put him better than McCorkle.
2: Sure. And I was actually going to say a similar thing about Carson Wentz. But uh, anyway, moving on here, because uh, we got some more to
1: talk about. Oh, side note one, one more real f- quick thing about the Eagles game. It was very obvious how important Jordan Davis is to that defense, yeah. which makes me even happier about how great of a pick that was. Mm-hmm. and just as a heads up to everybody they did sign anomican sue who yes mm-hmm. is old yes is kind of a dirty football player but he run defends like none other he is a fantastic yeah. run defender and they were sorely missing that
2: yeah that's that's a piece you want taking into like the uh, the playoff run super bowl run that the eagles are are on a path to right now for sure um so yeah that that's a good signing um, I like I really also just like the Eagles going and making that siding after their first loss. It's very like they're taking it seriously, and that's that's good to see. Um but yeah, we 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 touched on it a little bit, but just kind of let's let's dive a little deeper here into this Viking Bills game because it was it was phenomenal. And like you were saying, Eric, it wasn't phenomenal in the way that the Bills Chiefs game was last year, where it was big play after big play. It was just, to me, one of the most entertaining football games I have seen in years, just completely like glued to my screen, like not able to pull myself away, watching every single thing that happens. And every time I thought the game was over, the game was a long way from over. It was just, it was so much fun. Um, I think the the big takeaway here is this, like, cementing of Justin Jefferson. He is the wide receiver one in Dynasty, 100 percent, period, end of story. Um, He went out there and just made the catch of the year and then some like, yeah, one big catch that that ends up winning the game amazing obviously but besides that he came out and had uh, over 190 receiving yards and just put the team on his back in a certain sense and just played out of his mind so that's a huge takeaway here Um, the other takeaway is that man I the Bills are also just like a powerhouse but I think we saw a little bit of Josh Allen's limitations here with the elbow I don't know if that game goes like that if Josh Allen is fully healthy um i just saw some some key misses where it just it just didn't look like he had his 100% accuracy there um so that's really unfortunate i'm really hoping that he can get good before like fantasy playoff time because i have him on a lot of teams but he's playing through the injury man so it's it's a
1: little scary and and i think the thing that was more scary to me is you saw the dip in velocity so if, yeah. you the, if you look at the next-gen stats, you can clearly see there was a velocity differential uh, between his pre-injury and this past game.
0: Yeah, that I think entertaining is the right word for that game. It was the most entertaining game I've seen this year. There was a lot of great plays, but there's a lot of craziness that went on. Man, in, non, in non-Superflex Dynasty Leagues, is Justin Jefferson the number one Dynasty asset?
2: Yeah, top three like absolutely um in, in
0: non-superflex right because in superflex it's always going to be the top quarterback but you
2: know what but, like I, the only the only argument is like one of the top running backs but when you look at the shelf life that justin jefferson's gonna have and he's so young i think it. i think it
0: yeah i think it's just i think he would be my number one dynasty asset in superflex he's right after the quarter the top quarterback yeah
1: And the the biggest question for me is that next quarterback that comes in. Mm -hmm. Are they going to change the offense and get a run first quarterback? Or are they going to get a pocket passer that's going to continue to distribute the ball like Kirk Mm -hmm. or is Kirk going to stick around longer? Are they going to continue to roll with him until he can't throw a football anymore? I
2: I think that's the bet I would make. I think I would make that bet that Kirk stays man.
0: But he tripped over his offensive lineman twice. like, he is not a graceful human. He is not a graceful human. Man, does he make wide receivers look good.
2: Yeah, that's the thing, man. Look, he doesn't need to be. He just needs to get the ball to Justin Jefferson eight or nine times and have him go off for 200 yards. Like, that's all he's got to do. He'll win he win football games. When he tripped over that lineman and threw the ball backwards to Cook, yeah. it
0: was one of the most awkward things I've ever seen since Peyton yeah. Manning run for a touchdown. Like, he is <laughs> not a graceful person.
2: No, but no,
0: but when he's back there slinging like that and just hooking up with Justin, it's crazy. And I mean, Thielen hasn't even really gotten going yet. That offense can get better,
2: very, very true. Although Thielen probably going off the deep end pretty soon here, I would imagine. He's he's in that age range.
0: I want to make one more quick point I think that trade that the Vikings and the Bills made where Stefan Diggs went to the Bills and essentially the Vikings got Justin Jefferson might be the best example I've ever seen as a, as a win-win trade for two franchises. Yeah. Like both of them are thrilled with that trade right now, mm-hmm. yeah. which is weird that you don't see that very often where both teams feel like they want it.
2: God. Yeah. And I didn't even think of the implications of them playing each other and the fact that like, J. J. F. replaced digs basically that, that's such a cool corollary there this is so such a close game too man going to overtime giving us more of that like thank you thank you very much could be um, a super bowl preview could could be very realistic mm-hmm. all right um but yeah very very fun game um moving along here uh just while we're on the bills I'm sure you guys have seen the weather reports for the Bills game coming up this weekend. Uh, it's supposed to be like six feet of snow. Yes, yeah, six feet of snow. Six feet of snow on Sunday for the Bills game. Uh, that's yeah, what it's I'm already been hearing... moved. Yeah, it got moved to Detroit, right? Or Detroit. Yeah, it's in Detroit. Yeah. Got you. Okay. Okay. So you know, the only thing that happens there, I guess, is uh, no real home team advantage for the most part. The Um, Mafia can travel. The Mafia can travel. That's true. Yeah. Uh, I was excited to kind of talk about the snow implications, but yeah, I did just see that they, they did officially move that to Detroit. So that's where it will be played. Uh, No real implications there. Um, And then uh, I did just have, there's like, there's like five injuries here that I think we can kind of just go over pretty quickly that, I mean, the biggest one here is Cooper Cup, right? Went on IR, will be out at least four weeks. Ankle surgery, I believe. That's that's bad. <laughs> that's that's bad news. Uh, for a uh, going on thirty wide receiver. Uh, the wide receiver one in fantasy football for the most part. Uh, especially in traditional leagues, but even in dynasty, there are people clinging on to him. Uh, at the beginning of the year. And now he's going to have ankle surgery, and that scares the hell out of me. Um, he'll probably come back and be fine,
1: but maybe not. There's a chance he doesn't. I mean, when when you say come back, you mean come back this year or come back period? Yes, <laughs> but more more like this year. So So I think that's a really interesting thing because of how bad the Rams have been. Right. I mean, what's the probability that they just shut him down? Like, they get they get to week, you know, what is it, 15? And he's like, hey, I'm ready to come back. Well, yeah. I mean, are they really going to throw him out there for 15, 16, 17, 18, four games? And the not year make the playoffs. They're not making the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. Do they, they win? A- there's, there's already... Up- there's already talks of them sitting Stafford then the year.
0: Do they win a game the rest of the year? Yes. I mean, statistically, it's probable they win one or two, but they looked bad with everybody in in t- cup, cup. Was their offense?
2: I mean, yeah. I, was your question? Do they win any games this year? Like yeah. for the rest of the year? Yeah,
1: I I think that's a good question because I'm not sure. <laughs> I mean, they, they play the Saints, they play the Raiders, they play the Broncos. I can see them winning against the Raiders,
2: but with without if they... One of those three games, they're going to win. If they don't have Stafford and they don't have Cooper Cup, though, and they still have an abysmal run game, and their defense, for whatever reason, just can't stop anyone. Like, I don't think it's such a sh- sure thing. I, I think the Raiders are the most likely out of those three, um, because the Raiders are just... Oh boy, like we talked about it on our panic button, but um, I did not see them losing to the first time ever coach, uh, Jeff Saturday Colts. That was um, bad,
1: that yeah, that, that, bad. Uh, not covering the two and a half lost me a whole heck of a lot of money. The, just unbelievable,
2: just unbelievable how bad they. I just can't even. Do you guys think that the Raiders are gearing up to like, they might have a top three pick next year. Like, are they going to get a quarterback?
1: No, they won't take a quarterback. There's way too much money in dead cap associated with car. Got it. Got it.
2: And yeah. I, you know what? I say that and like, I don't even, I don't think that that's even the right answer anyway. Like I'm not coming out here saying like they need to take a quarterback and replace car. I, I don't think that Carr's the problem. I, I think it does just go back to the coaching. I think, I think the coaching's just bad. And I don't know if that translates to everything that we're seeing. The defense is also bad. Like they have Max Crosby, and basically that's it. It could
0: be, but McDaniel's isn't going anywhere because they're be playing paying three coaches
2: next year, and then the they're, fourth one. Yeah. Hired. And I'm that's hearing they're like happy. pretty cash poor. Then
1: they, like they can't. They they just can't even like realistic. for a while him. Yeah, yeah. And, and also, side note: I was wrong. I was thinking about this year's cat pit for car which is like 25 million next year's is apparently five and a half so okay they could theoretically get out from underneath him male boy but they probably won. not if they are gonna be a raider
2: <laughs> oh no it, okay but like so if they have a top three
1: pick though their defense has been so bad it's will anderson yeah
2: yeah the, their I mean defense so. has
1: been atrocious
2: I wonder if we can even trust them to make that call, even th- because it's like the right one to make. <laughs> I don't really trust anything that comes
0: out of <laughs> that's the, the Raiders.
2: It's kind of what I'm saying. Like, I wonder if we, like, that is the right choice, but I wonder if they'll make it because um, they haven't done a great job uh, in the past on these first round draft picks. Uh, but anyway, uh, that's, that's the Cooper cup injury. I don't know how we got on to the Raiders specifically, but, uh, Oh, because of the Rams, and we were talking about who they would uh, potentially win against. Um, But a couple other big injuries here, um, at least to me, Leonard Fournette had an injury, um, and that came a little uh, weird of a timing in terms of, like, a report came out that he was frustrated about his usage and that Rashad White was going to mix more in, and then he gets hurt. And I'm not saying it's, like, a conspiracy, but, you know, just kind of strange timing there. And now it does look like Rashad White has a chance to uh, claim that backfield. Um, but do we want anything to do with the Bucks' backfield?
0: I want nothing to do with the Bucks' backfield. They are a historically bad run offense. And that does not change with Rashad White back there. Maybe he gets more in the passing work, which helps a bit. But I think the Bucks are basically sling it with Brady.
1: He did just have 22 rush attempts, though. Yeah. For 105 yards. He did. He did given it was against the Seahawks who have a bad run defense, but,
2: but, but yeah, I mean, the point is store still stands. I mean, he's a, he's now the presumptive starting running back. And when you look at fantasy football, just in general, a starting running back on pretty much every team is worthy of having on your team. Like it's worthy of a roster spot in general. Like I'm just not, Selling a farm to go
0: grab Rashad White. Yeah,
2: Yeah. no, I I don't think so either. But I do, I think that this sort of does signal like he, if you grabbed him in a rookie draft, third, fourth round or whatever, like you're happy about it and you're, and you're desperate and you want to throw him as a flex, like when he has a good matchup and Fournette is out, like that's, I think that option is now open.
1: If, if a trade came across your desk for a mid 23 second, are you shipping Rashad White off with the news? yeah i yeah. do that okay sounds about right yeah yeah i i think that's a
2: very fair like evaluation to me mm-hmm. like I, I wouldn't sell him for less than that um someone's trying to trade me rashad white for
0: 1st until i'm to get the heck out of here
2: yeah <laughs> yeah i don't think we're quite there yet maybe if he comes out there and shows us i mean who knows man he could come out there and, and show us another couple of like 100 yard games and then we're then we're gonna be maybe uh uh, saying a different story here, but we'll we'll see about that one.
1: I need, I need to consistently see him between the tackles, consistently yeah. doing doing well because that was an issue I had with him coming out of college. That is true.
2: That's true. Uh, he was very um, people liked him because of his receiving abilities, like specifically, yeah. and not yeah. a between the tackles rusher. So, in order for him to take that next step of like ultra relevancy yeah he would need to prove that he could also just do what running backs do um Mm -hmm. so we will see about that and then uh another injury here juju this seemed to be a minor one he got knocked out um concussion looks like he'll i mean i don't think it's been confirmed yet but i'm like kind of feeling like they're probably just gonna like sit him for the week and let him get healthy especially with all like the concussion weirdness that's been happening I think that makes it a little more likely um we'll see on that he could turn around and and come out and play um but I thought it was interesting because uh also might be nothing but Marquez Valdez-Scantling is also apparently like sick and has been out um and Nicole Hardman just got placed on IR so good thing they got Tony I was gonna say. So now, uh, where we were looking at uh, Kadarius Tony and being like, "Well, that's the trade that we're not especially interested in even really discussing." He's now the only healthy, like fully healthy and available wide receiver for the Chiefs of note. Um, they have Sky Moore, who's nothing so far, um, and everyone else is like kind of hurt um, or on IR, and so. I don't know. We'll we'll see. I think this game coming up will be very very telling to see how they use him. I'm still pretty lukewarm myself. Um it'll be interesting, especially if any of these guys are out. Yeah, not you guys aren't making any moves to go grab Tony,
0: right? I traded Tony when he went to the Chiefs. I I figured that was the max value I was going to get.
2: Yeah. I think I still think that's the right call. If I had any Tony, that's what I would be doing, but I avoided him. One and i moved him in a package to get
0: somebody i can't remember who
1: yeah was it barbarian hey, that's a really I, good player eric i've heard his name a couple times you know, you know he's up there
2: yeah Barbar- uh my i was actually a funny story about him i was just on uh my phone uh in bed and uh we were, like, getting ready right for bed, and my wife just happened to look over as I was, like, looking at Kadarius Tony's, like, game performance, and I had him on the page, and she's like, who's Tony Kadarius? And I was like, I, I love that a lot. That's Tony Kadarius is <laughs> my new favorite. Uh, she, I'm like, no, it's Kadarius Tony. She's like, wait, Tony's his last name? I'm like, this is very good. I'm very happy about what's happening right now.
0: I got it. I traded Tony Alave in a first-rounder for Kyle Pitts in a 2 tight end premium league.
2: Oh, I think we talked about that. I think we talked about it on the pod. Um, and that's barbarians, right? Like it's not just two tight end premium, it's two tight end premium and you get 10 points for every reception Mm -hmm. or something like, like, it's just a ridiculous, uh, big boy league. So, um, I think we decided that was like pretty good. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, keep keep on moving into the injuries here because we had two tight end injuries as well, which, speaking of tight ends, um, things to talk about here. Zach Ertz, down for the year. Knee injury at 30-plus years old. I mean.
1: Well, and what's terrifying is they're talking about it the same way they were talking about the Max Williams injury. Oh, no. And they're just not saying anything other than it's a knee injury. That's not which good. Is awful because Williams was released. And his yeah. knee was completely blown up. Like it it was just done. Like a bomb went off in his knee. Yeah, that's not good, man. I mean, he was already
2: like how many? we were already thinking how many more years can Zacherts go? This could absolutely be the nail in the coffin, unfortunately. Um, I mean, it, it
1: makes it good for the Cardinals that they drafted Trey McBride. Definitely. I mean, the yeah. succession planned and it just mm-hmm. unfortunately came a year earlier than they were expecting. Yep.
2: Mm-hmm
0: stinks. Ertz was having a good year too.
1: He was. Yeah. I mean, you talk about contending teams. I mean, Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard are two tight ends that should be on contending teams in your league. Well, let's just oh, get into that one too, because that
2: hard. that's the other one is Dallas Goddard who went so on if, IR.
1: If that's the case, I mean, it, it gives, if you have a rebuilding team, a chance to go dangle any tight end that you might have that's viable to yeah. those teams, which I mean, preying on those managers, but you know, it kind of it goes with the territory. It is what it is. When you said contending teams, I thought you meant the Cardinals. I
0: was about to say, what the hell are you talking about? No.
2: What tight ends are kind of in that, like, sector for you? You're basically saying, like, if you were on a rebuild team, you're selling probably just any tight end you have that isn't Kyle Pitts to the these teams that lost Ertz, Dallas Goddard, and
1: trying to get like a second pit like a second round pick what well, and, and and Darren Waller I mean Darren Waller's already out that's as true. well yeah so I mean you you have three tight ends that were going as top seven redraft tight ends
2: mm-hmm.
1: so I mean they're, they're they're tight ends that are it's pretty depleted right now and it's it's crazy I had one league that's a, a full point premium for tight ends start two tight ends and I was trying to get off of Kittle because my team just flopped this year with injuries. And, like, every manager was just like, oh, it's Kittle. He's not even worth a first. And I'm just like, what just happened? Like, you you just lost a tight end, and you're not willing to give one up for a guy who's looked good as lot the last two games that he's been out there? I mean, you, you can say the same thing about Cole Komet but you know and he's come on the last three weeks finally it's about dang time
2: people just don't want tight ends that aren't kelsey or andrews man like and even if they are in desperate need and and absolutely need one they just like you can't it's so hard to generate interest for tight ends just generally speaking so yeah that's just that's just tough um but like one that should be on people's radar if you're on
0: a losing team and you're trying to trade him, or if you just lost your time and you're trying to get him, Hayden Hurst with the Bengals has sl- very quietly had a very good year. Yeah. And you could yeah. probably get him for not super expensive.
1: Yeah. I mean, the thing to worry about there is Chase coming back supposedly week 13, I think. if I remember Chase too. I feel like
2: Hayden Hurst has actually been better with Chase in. Mm-hmm but I would have to look up the stats for that. But yeah, I I, I also feel it. Cause I, I had him in a lot of leagues where I took him just literally in like the last three he rounds grab and, and all of a sudden I'm like, wow, he's actually putting up numbers for me every week. Yep. He's been my slot in guy, him and David Njoku, who is finally coming back hopefully this week. Oh my God, please. So that That's what I was about to
1: say is, would you go get Njoku? I think so. I think you it's the worth combination. It. You have the combination of he's been sitting for a while. He's coming off of an injury. And he could be getting Deshaun Watson back.
2: Yeah. He could be- no, I mean, I, I think that if I'm, I think if I find sellers, if I could give up like a second rounder and, and grab him, I'd love to do that. Like I, I'm, I'm down for that for sure. Yeah. Especially as a contender where you have like a mid late second and you can try to convince a, a, I think that's a pretty easy convince to convince a, a rebuild team to sell up for a second. Yeah. Can I
1: sell, can I sell you on Tyler Higbee? So. Mm, I, don't want, I don't Higgy want tyler Rams second second on that team in targets if i don't I remember I want anything on the rams i just yeah, do I, do me. i want a tight end that's being gonna be thrown to by john wolford well look tight ends that typically get 10 plus targets in a game typically finish as top eight tight ends yeah i hear
2: you i just i think i'm just ixnay on the rams i just i just want nothing to do with them sure. So those were kind of the last two. So uh, you said it already, Evan, with Trey McBride kind of being the obvious slot in there for Zach Ertz. I mean, I'm not saying that he's going to come out there and be Zach Ertz because he's a rookie tight end and they typically need time and he hasn't done a single thing this year yet. But, you know, if you have him already, uh, you, you can be keeping your eyes on him to see how he does without Zach Ertz there. And then, but Dallas Goddard, who, who even is it? Evan, you would know, right? Who's the backup tight end? Oh my gosh, it,
1: it's a mixture of a bunch of people. Is it still that guy that's like a tight end quarterback? They have Stoll, they have uh, K- uh, Kalkantara, and then they have uh, Tyree Jackson. So Tyree Jackson's the converted quarterback mm-hmm. who everybody was pretty excited about last year, and then he just blew his body up. Any of those guys at all interesting? If you have an empty spot and you're in tight end premium, you take a flyer on a guy. <laughs> Honestly, until they play a week, you're not really gonna know who they're going with. Yeah, I mean, I Tyree Jackson's probably the best athlete of the group, most versatile. Jack Stoll is just like he's just a bleh. Yeah, I wonder if uh, Eagles
2: can go out there and like get Gronkowski. Uh, Gronk seems pretty happy. He's not. He yeah, he's he trying I don't think to come back. back. <laughs> I just I, the only team I had him stashed in. I, I dropped him this week because I'm just like, yeah, you're. You're probably done
0: if Gronk came back, it would only be to the
2: bucks, speaking of Gronk, I just have to quickly say, did you guys see that movie that's coming out about Tom Brady, and it's called 80, 80s for Tom Brady or something Eighties for oh, Brady no
0: movie. I thought there was a spoof thing they put together.
2: I don't know. I saw it just my friend sent me a trailer of this of a movie called like Eighties for Brady, where it's four old lady actors that all go to uh the super bowl like the last year that tom brady is on the patriots and i don't know it totally might be a spoof i might have just gotten that like whooshed over my head but i saw a full like two minute trailer you guys see this at all or do i need to send this to you
0: all bits and pieces but i thought it was some like silly gag or something i didn't think it was a real movie
2: i'm not sure I'm not sure. I'm hoping that it's not a real movie because it looks really fucking dumb. (laughs) It looks really dumb and I I couldn't believe it.
0: He's so weird this year. He's not the player
2: I recognize from the last 20 years. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry to be the one to tell you this, Eric, but 80 for Brady is an upcoming American sports comedy film. It is a real actual movie that is coming out. It'll be released February 3rd, 2023, and it has a director, and it's from Paramount Pictures, and it's a real, actual, real movie.
0: I love Brady, but I have no parts of that. He's weird this year. I don't know what's going on with him.
2: Hey, you know who it stars? Jane Fonda and Tom Brady. Tom Brady's in the. And the reason that even got brought to mind, by the way, is because Gronk is in it. He was in the preview. He's like in the movie.
0: I hope we get a cameo of Belichick and Antonio Brown.
2: I dude, Belichick would be the one where I would be like, I would go crazy if he was like in it because Belichick doesn't do because he's not in Madden or any of that. Like he just doesn't do that really. So if they somehow got him in the movie, I would lose my mind. That'd be quite. Uh, <laughs> speaking of Tom Brady and, and QBs, just in general, our our last little brief here is just about. Uh, a couple of QB pairings that i i just thought were a little interesting to talk about um we have these like sort of limbo QBs here where uh, we basically have Mariota on the Falcons playing piss poor and we have Ritter sitting behind him as you know the second quarterback taken in the draft um albeit in the third round by the Falcons um and i guess my discussion point here is do you got the Falcons are first in their division. Uh, like, that's something that <laughs> needs to be said because it's not obvious. But the Falcons are first in their division. Mariota's winning enough games, but he also looks bad. Like, he loses as many games as he wins, reflected by, I think, their five and five record. Um, and so the question here is like, are we going to see, do you guys think we're going to see Ritter, um, especially with Mariota making rookie mistakes? Or, or are they just going to like hope that Mariota can like keep them in first place and take them to the playoffs? The Falcons are a weird team, man. That that entire division is a weird division. Yeah, it it truly, truly is. But I just thought it was interesting because I was thinking about it and like I heard someone say, and I don't remember who, but it was basically like if Mariota's is going to go out there and make rookie mistakes, why not just put the rookie in and see what happens?
0: I mean, that's a good point. I just, as long as they're first in, like, football well, coaches are stubborn. As long as they're first in the division, they're going to argue, well, he got us to first in the division, so we're going to keep running with mm. him, right? Like, it's only if you see a big losing streak and the Bucks start to, like, pull away or something like that. They try to change something up. But I don't know. Can, but I'm, I'm down for anything that gets them to throw the ball to London and Pittsmore.
2: Anything. That's where I'm at. Like, can we just see what the offense looks like with Ritter? Can we just see? Because with Mariota, it is – miserable it is it is impossible to watch football whenever the falcons come on on the red zone i i get up and go do something else i don't i'm not interested they're bad (laughs) and yeah just killing my pit stocks killing my london stocks like just can we just change it up and i know i'm just pleading to the heavens here because there's nothing you guys can do about it but (laughs) just wanted to bring it
0: up I have so much London and Pitts and it's just killing me this year.
2: And there's no doubt to me still that they they are so good at football. I am not putting the onus on them in any regard. Like Pitts is the most targeted tight end with like the fewest actual like catchable like receptions in the whole league. Like it's just it's just gross and I just I would love to see them change it up because yeah it's just fantasy I know and NFL doesn't care about it but it is just it's killing us it's killing all of us and then uh the the other one is the Dalton Winston debacle where this one's a little weirder because Dalton has lost games and looked bad like both things like he is not winning enough games and he looks bad and yet Winston is supposedly According to designations, he is fully healthy. According to the coaching staff, he is still injured. Which, what is that about? Like, uh, is is he is he injured or not? Like, because that's a huge, huge telling thing. If they are not playing Jameis Winston as a healthy Winston, and they are continuing to go to go with Andy Dalton, and they don't have a first round draft pick next year, like, what are we doing? What what are they
1: doing? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just glad they're losing games. Yeah, go I know. I know. <laughs> uh, top four pick for the Eagles, baby. Yeah, I
2: mean, it's looking likely. It's looking very likely. Maybe Dennis Allen wants to go
0: be a coach on the Eagles again.
1: Maybe,
0: uh, maybe, but then who's uh-huh. going
1: to
2: coach the the Saints?
0: Yeah, maybe he doesn't like New Orleans. I don't know. It, it, it's a weird situation.
2: It is it, weird. And so uh, the question here is uh, how many games does Dalton have to lose before we see Jameis Winston? Or is I mean, Jameis Winston actually sort of kind of hurt and they just don't want to play him? Right. Because there's no way a healthy
0: Winston's any worse than what Dalton's doing right
1: now. Right. At that's least that's my healthy, feeling. At least a healthy Winston turns the ball over way downfield. Yeah. Right.
2: Right. Yeah.
1: For sure, yeah i I just don't get it.
2: It's just a probably the most bizarre QB situation in the league right now. To me, is like, what are the Saints doing? They they bet the house to go get Olave, and now they have nothing next year in terms of like a pick. They're in cap hell, and they're gonna have a coach that I don't think is the answer. Um and then are they gonna go with Jameis next year or are they gonna re-sign Dalton? Like what? Is, like what are they? What are the Saints? I wish they had they're, traded. They're Kamara. the eights. They're going
1: they're back the Aints. The Aints days.
0: Yeah. I wish they had traded Kamara.
2: They should have. They totally I would have loved should. To I should have Kamara on a good team. I'm sure a lot of that was like a bit of devaluation with his looming suspension next year. Yeah. I bet that's why they couldn't get like what they probably wanted for him.
1: Look, I mean, also not to make excuses for this answer or anything, but Marcus May has been hurt. Cam Jordan's been hurt. Marcus Davenport's been hurt. Um, i trying to remember. Marshawn Lattimore has been hurt. Like they have a lot of guys on their defense that are supposed to be performing, that are just hurt, period. Uh Ryan ramschek has been hurt this year. Trevor Penning, the guy who they got with their first round pick, has also been hurt. Uh Andre's uh Andres Pete has been hurt, who's one of the highest paid guards in the league. Like Eric McCoy has been hurt as well. Their center. So I mean, th- there's just a lot of injuries as well on yeah. on that Saints team. So Michael Thomas, Bradley Roby they're in an incredibly
0: tough division too hard to win games.
2: (laughs) Nice joke. Uh, Okay. Well uh, uh, on that note, um, that's kind of all the football talk I put together. Um, I suppose we can go ahead and start taking it into segments here and leading it off. We'll go ahead and have uh, Evan give us your best bet for the week.
1: Alrighty. So call it Homerism, call it whatever you want. I don't really care. Uh, It's Eagles six and a half in the game. And then I'm also taking Eagles minus three and a half on the first half. Uh, Matt Ryan is back as the quarterback for the Colts Eagles. The Eagles Colts line started going into last Sunday at minus 10. And it's down to six and a half. And I think it's a combination of enthusiasm on Jeff Saturday getting his first win and thinking, oh, he just wrote the ship just like that, which isn't how things happen. And the Eagles, once again, just having a bad game, being unlucky and people being like, oh, they're not that great. So I think it's a buy low, sell high type of situation where the line is just moving closer towards, uh, closer towards even more towards a line that I definitely want to buy in on. We've all seen what Matt Ryan's done this year. The offense has been uninspiring. Maybe Jeff Saturday gets the offensive line to actually play like the offensive line we used to know for the Colts, which was a top five unit. Uh, You combine that with the fact that uh, the Eagles in the first half are seven and two against the spread uh, and the Colts are one and eight against the spread in the first half. Uh, That bodes very well for the first half minus three and a half. So that's what I'm going with this week.
2: All right. Yeah, I like it. I, I definitely second the uh, the Jeff Saturday is not. I mean, they guys can be relaxed. They beat the Raiders. The Raiders are probably bottom three like worst teams in the league. So, yeah, definitely think the Eagles can come out there and get it done. The only thing that would make me scared
0: would be Jonathan Taylor just going nuts. But like, that's the only reason that's the only possible thing I could see giving me pause. But like you said, with getting Odum Sue in there, is Jordan Davis supposed to be back? Okay, so he's out a little while. I can't remember, but still getting Sue in there. Like, I think the Eagles feel a little embarrassed too. I think you're going to see them coming out
2: flying yeah. this week. Yep, I, I, I agree. Like that. Uh, Colts lost Shaq Leonard too for the year. Yep, lost season for him. That's that's brutal. Uh, but okay, cool. I like it. And then, uh, ooh, out. Jeez, I just got hit with something. It, sorry, got something in my eye. It's really spicy. Ow. Oh, Oh! wait. Is this one of Eric's takes?
0: Oh, we got a spicy one this week. i feeling really good. My last uh, spicy take was so spicy, it wasn't even spicy enough. With my Justin Fields being a top 10 uh, fantasy QB the rest of the way, and the last two weeks he's been QB1. So hard to live up to those expectations, but uh, I think the, the, uh, the spicy take this week is going to be pretty spicy. We have some. We've had some pretty good teams this year. We've had the Eagles running away with everything this year so far. The Bills being perennial Super Bowl favorites. The Chiefs looking awesome. But I'm looking a little offbeat. I'm I'm feeling some one seeds this week. Do you guys like one seeds? Yeah, want I want those yeah. I, like I like one it. seeds.
2: Hawks to so, be one seed.
0: All right, that's too spicy. That's even too spicy. <laughs> that, That's like a. Carolina death pepper spicy, but I, I'm not willing to go that far. But I will say, I do really like what the Eagles got going on. Ain't one I like you said, blip on the radar. They're so great team, but they're in a really, really tough division. Uh, I think there might be another couple losses on the radar for them. Now, who is in a really weak division? And has the same record as the Eagles, the Minnesota Vikings. Skull baby. I think you're going to see a Minnesota Vikings as the one seed this year. I think they're going to get that, and I maybe see them losing one more game this year, maybe two, but I could see them easily being 16 1, 15 2, something like that, and get locking down that one seed. Now, the other side of it, I think, is an even spicier take. I think the one seed in the AFC is going to be the Miami Dolphins. I really, really like what I'm seeing from them. If Tua had not gone that concussion thing for those three weeks, they might be eight and one, nine and zero, something crazy like that right now. Uh, they have lost what one game with Tua to this point. Yeah, they look phenomenal going to their bye week. The offense looks absolutely unstoppable. Even if they're down, I mean, what that game against Ravens earlier in the year—they're down by twenty-eight or whatever it was—and they come back and win. There's no lead that is unsafe for them to come back and win. I think they're getting more and more confidence. I. Would still have the Bills as the favorite if Josh Allen's arm wasn't hurt. I think that Josh Allen arm getting hurt thing really puts a damper on what the Bills want to do. And I think the Dolphins might just push forward and run away with that division. Uh, I mean, Bills obviously still going to make the playoffs. Uh, Chiefs are going to be right up there with the Dolphins, but they're in a tough division as well. Um, I just like what I'm seeing out of the Dolphins right now. So I, my spicy take is I think the Dolphins and the Vikings are going to be your one seeds going into the playoffs this year. Too far out there? Good takes? I'm getting a lot of silence over here.
2: I think it's plausible. I think it's relatively spicy.
0: Well, it's it's not my spiciest, granted, but it's kind of halfway through the season. I wanted to kind of look at playoffs and stuff like that. And I just, man, I'm starting to really buy in on what the Dolphins are doing.
2: I think, I think both teams, they're they just need the defense to sort of tighten up a little bit for me to, like, get there. Because their their defenses are still, to me, pretty lackluster. Like, they're yeah. still allowing a lot of points. Like, the Dolphins almost lost against the Bears, so... Well, QB won Justin Fields, so... Yeah, no, I know. That was more of a, a dig just, just at you personally. But, uh, you know, I think it still sort of holds water where I, I think that is the main thing that I'm seeing, where it's just... That's why I think it, it becomes spicy is because the defensive units of both teams are still questionable, um, but could still happen despite that.
1: Mm-hmm. Can, can we just take an intermission and just say Derrick Henry is a man?
2: Yeah, Derrick Henry is a big boy. He just threw uh, a touchdown pass. Yeah.
0: He threw
1: a touchdown pass?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Good. Suck it, Packers. <laughs> you need to go back on a losing streak
1: to Austin
2: Hooper of of all people yeah
1: (laughs) it was really funny I was at the Titans game this past Sunday against the Broncos and the guys behind me we were just talking about the team the entire time and they were just like ah yeah Austin Hooper biggest money pit ever and next thing you know he's like making a couple plays and they're just like well and you're just like, oh, he got a touchdown. Okay, so he's doing some things. At least he's worth a couple million. Yeah. But on, on the Eric's hot take, um, I realistically think that the Eagles lose two more games the rest of the season. Okay. Which should that. put them at 14 and three. Yep. Does, does Minnesota lose one game the rest of the season? I don't know. And not two, I, yeah. I don't know. That's that's where I get the the question. And then I'm trying to and then I'm trying to remember what the playoff tiebreaker is because the Eagles kicked the butt of the Vikings earlier this season, and I don't remember if it's head to head or if it's strength of schedule or what.
0: Yeah, so the Eagles do have that tiebreaker, but I'm, I, I, the Vikings should not lose a game in the division this year, so they should
2: be six and zero in the NFC North. So the next couple of Vikings uh games uh Cowboys they could be the Cowboys Patriots they could be the Patriots Jets it's probably be the Jets Lions easy Colts easy Giants eh. Packers again easy Bears
1: eh.
2: probably easy <laughs> probably easy <laughs> 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 um so yeah i mean probably the cowboys game from that whole list is the one where i'd be like let's let's see it let's see them like yep. eat the the hell out of the cowboys and uh i think i'll, I'll get there a little more
1: but out of um, all of
0: those games i think they lose like maybe one somewhere in there they, they'd
1: probably lose one that seems right i'd be kind of interested in the jets game honestly
2: yeah i that's that's honestly the I mean, one that, that sauce my versus brother. J oh, sauce day. versus jay jet Mm. Give me that game. Give me that game. That's exciting. That's really exciting. Oh, man. Because Sauce's looks so good, man. He's looked look, so,
1: so good. If Sauce can shut down JJ, like mm-hmm. defensive player of the year, or defensive rookie of the year. Yeah. Oh, man. Mm-hmm.
0: No, I definitely feel that. Again. I'm excited for that now.
2: Okay. Uh, well, spicy take in the books. And... Uh, That brings us to Top Dogs. Uh, It's week 11, and we're going to do week 11 Top Dogs. Uh, As I said earlier, we skipped last week, uh, but we still did Top Dogs. And just to sort of run through that quickly, uh, none of us hit on anything except one person hit on one guy, Eric, with the Justin Fields Top Dog take uh, brings him to a score of five which puts me now at the bottom with four and Evan still at the top with eight. I almost got three points last week. Yeah. That that's worth mentioning, Eric, you got very close to hitting on three because you had JJ and Travis Kelsey also in the, uh, the top dogs and they, they came very close. Travis Kelsey was tied in two JJ, I think was wide receiver. two. Was he wide receiver two? I think he was. Yeah. So, so very, very, very close. Um, But close does not get you the points. Know. And uh I'm not even gonna say mine because mine were bad. And uh <laughs> uh Evan, yours were pretty bad too. So we'll, we'll go into I this week. Barkley picked it pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that was close. That that got close. Evan and I both picked uh Barkley and he got very, very
1: close. Hey, why why am I getting crapped on? Tua came in third last week. Tua had a good week.
2: Third yeah, but third to the third. Uh anyway, <laughs> week eleven. <laughs> Let's get into it. Uh And uh, look, I'm going to start us off here. Quarterback top dog. I think he's due for one. And I think I've done this a few times uh, where I have picked him because it feels like he has been due for one. And I think against the Carolina Panthers, Lamar Jackson can get it done. I think he will be the QB one this week. He will get it done on the ground. Uh, He will get Mark Andrews back, please, (laughs) please. He'll get Mark Andrews back. And uh, with his favorite receiving option back in play, I think he runs all over, throws all over, stomps all over the Carolina Panthers. I think it's a good pick coming off of bye week too, right? Yes.
0: With an extra week to rest up. Yeah. I, I like that. Yep. pick. Um, I'm a big believer. If it ain't bro- if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Uh, I'm rolling with Justin Fields again. We're going three weeks in a row. QB one, Justin Fields. Uh, I mean, he's playing the Falcons. Everybody has a good week against the Falcons. Um, so I'm trying to take advantage of this hot streak while I can and just keep right on rolling with my boy Fields.
1: I like it. I like it. I got Justin Herbert. Uh, hopefully, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams both play in this please. game. <laughs> hopefully, please. And uh, if they do, I mean, Casey is going to put up a bunch of points, so yeah. they're going to have to keep up. And if they don't keep up, well, then it's just – you know, dead on arrival for that pick this week if they don't keep up. But, I mean, I just see all of that, you know, a relatively weak KC secondary, two top weapons on the team that arguably when they play week in, week out, are top 15 options each individually. I mean, I I think that's a, a recipe for a lot of points, potentially a recipe for a lot of yards, potentially meaning a lot of touchdowns. Hopefully for Herbert, and they and he still has Austin Eckler to dump, you know, 10, 15 passes off to in the game.
2: Yep. Yeah. I, uh, I second that. It's why I almost put Austin Eckler as my RB, um, because I just figured high scoring game against the Chiefs, Chiefs, uh, defense is still pretty suspect. Um, but I gravitated because I didn't know if those receiving options would be back for the chargers. Um, and if they were back, I felt a little weird about Austin Eckler's usage. I thought maybe he gets less receptions. I don't know. It kind of eked me out. Um, so instead I decided to have a little fun and go with the running back that is playing right now. Uh, and I went with Derrick Henry, uh, who is doing pretty good. Uh, at this moment you know has a has a touchdown uh, on the ground and through the air but not in the way that you would think he threw for one which is pretty sweet um, all in all I think his yardage is still low but still a quarter left in the game so we'll see if he can uh, take over and run it out and get me that uh, RB top
1: dog for week 11 looking good so far though you know who's having a Mike Evans type game right now Christian Watson what's he at Two for 22 and two touchdowns
2: wow he has five touchdowns in two weeks
1: yeah holy moly they're
2: only in the third quarter yeah are we seeing the christian watson ascendancy right here God. i mean
1: somebody's got to be the wide receiver one there yeah, yeah he could always drop a deep bomb again <laughs> back to back to the show here uh i went with saquon uh for my running back one because of my penn state love and two because they're playing detroit and uh well detroit's defense is not good full stop detroit's offense typically scores a lot of points full stop i also have a comeback player of the year ticket on saquon so i also just want saquon to win comeback player of the year and keep doing well to be able to do that so
0: yeah it's gonna be between
1: uh, saquon and geno for that award very much so. It's yeah. like very clearly between the two of them. 100%. Like the next close, the next closest is Derrick Henry, and he's like plus twelve hundred. Be one yeah. of those two.
2: I don't see Derrick Henry. I, I definitely see it between man. Gino would be awesome to see. Gino's no. be Stop it. Stop so it awesome.
1: Stop it.
0: <laughs> uh, for me, I went with my boy Joy, Joe Mixon. You know, got a week off last week, rested up, and they're playing the Steelers, and the Steelers are stinky. Um, I think the Bengals are going to get out quick and fast. I think they're going to get up. And I think they unlocked something two weeks ago with Joe Mixon, and Mr. Five touchdowns. And I think they realized, hey, if we funnel this offense without Chase through Joe Mixon, we're really good still. And uh, maybe we should give him the ball more. And I just trust the Bengals are going to try to pound Joe Mixon quite a lot this game. And uh, I think he could put up a lot on the Steelers doing that.
1: I would like to note that that uh, T.J. Watt is back and and playing, which is a big difference maker for that Steelers defense.
0: Absolutely, mm-hmm. but I think it gives them any more even more reason to try to run the ball and keep T.J. Watt off of Joe Burrow. Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, I
2: was going to mention T.J. Watt's Week One performance against the Bengals, where he uh, flattened every single player on that team and just completely took over because he's a yep. man. Yep. But <laughs> You know, well, we will see. We should, I mean Joe Mixon, five touchdowns. That's that's no joke. If they've figured out something there where, where they can feed him like the workhorse that I think everyone assumed he was always kind of destined to be, um we we shall see. But yeah, I I will agree with the TJ Watt being back. It's it's pretty huge. I think Minka Fitzpatrick is maybe out another week with the appendicitis. So at least they won't have him to sort of be the the barrier in the secondary but uh yeah i mean joe mixon good pick uh taking it to the wide receivers um he had a good one uh last week so uh i'm going back to the well uh the vikings secondary isn't especially scary to me so uh i like cd lamb uh i'm gonna give him a shot this week and, and see if they can pull it together. I think the Cowboys need to uh to pull out a win here after the uh the close loss against the the Packers. Um, and so I think the I think CD Lamb can get one over on who will it even be? Patrick Peterson, um, who's been playing okay, but is old. And I think CD is awesome. So I'm gonna give him a shot uh, to go out there and be the uh, top dog for Week 11.
1: I'm going with T Higgins and I mean, I don't really feel great about it, but T Higgins has the potential because I very much think that the Steelers are going to key in on the run game and take out the run game for the Bengals, which is going to make Joe Burrow throw it. So I'm going opposite game script as Eric's predicting. And while Minka is considered day to day and a question mark, for the game, I think he ultimately ends up sitting out. Um, which makes that Steelers secondary once again pretty vulnerable to the pass. Joe Burrow is still an elite passer of the football, and T. Higgins is still a very big body as a wide receiver. Cool.
0: Yep. I like I don't like that, except for the fact that that poo on my mix and pick, but that's fine. We'll find <laughs> out. Um Again, going back to the, if it ain't broke, don't fix it thing. I'm going to Justin Jefferson. Dude's just lighting it up every week. And playing the Cowboys, Trayvon Diggs, Mm -hmm. the gambler. He'll get his picks, but he'll also jump routes when he shouldn't. When you do that on J.J., that's a touchdown. So if he's lined up on J.J., even though Diggs might make some plays on the Vikings, he also will get plays made on him. So I think J.J., I don't think JJ is going to have like a 11, 12 catch stat line, but I could see something like a five to six catch with like two huge plays that he just blows by digs because he jumps around or something like that.
2: So I'm going to stick with JJ. I think that's going to be an awesome game. Cowboys Vikings. I'm very excited for that one. Uh, Can never go wrong with JJ. Uh, Best wide receiver in the league by a wide margin. Now that Cooper cup is injured. Um, but all right and then taking it into tight ends um i put one here and then while i was writing in the show notes evan erased what i was writing uh and then put in that whoever i picked was no good and so instead i put i just wrote
1: it i just wrote it before your pick i did not erase it sure, sure all
2: right fair enough uh but then you know what i i mixed it up and i said fine you know what Evan's my tight end pick uh for this week because uh the Eagles need a new tight end and Evan you're gonna go and you're gonna go try it out right they're gonna do like a uh invincible and have like a a tryout for <laughs> their new tight end slot you're gonna go get it done right
1: yeah yeah let me just use this six weeks of uh paid time off that I have perfect man you're j- just in time for uh the NFL playoffs so
2: that'll be uh that'll be great but uh no, I, I, I was honestly very wishy-washy on my tight end pick. Um, and at, at a certain point, I thought, you know what? My, might as well just go with Evan because I really just have no idea what it's going to be this week. Because uh, I didn't want to just keep picking Kelsey. He seems like a decent pick here this week. Uh, but you know what? I went with the stack. I learned from the best. Evan's killing the game and he did it through stacks. So I'm going stack and I'm going Lamar Jackson to Mark Andrews. Uh, and, you know. If Mark Andrews is out, obviously I I take the L there, but uh, I think that all signs are pointing to him being back in. uh, And I think that Lamar Jackson is going to need his receiving threat uh, for this game. And I think that Mark Andrews can stomp all over the the Panthers. So locking it in Mark Andrews, top dog tight end.
0: All right. I like that. And then, just to basically build off what you said, you can never go wrong picking Travis Kelsey. It's going to be a high-scoring game, Chargers, Chiefs. A lot of the Chiefs' offensive weapons are out. It's going to be the Kelsey game. I, I think he's just going to keep on rolling with what he's doing. I think Mahomes is going to look his way a lot. And, yeah, I feel really good about that one.
1: All right. So my pick this week was a very uncommon one for most. He's having a pretty rough year, uh, but I'm going with Dalton Schultz. His connection with Dak Prescott is unparalleled. Um, He is a lock, in my opinion, for at least seven targets. Um, He's done it each of the last two weeks consistently. Last year, he was one of the go-to targets uh, in that offense as well. Uh, Biggest difference, you know, you're not seeing chunk plays. You're not seeing the touchdowns. So there is concern there, but you look at his last two weeks and he's been tight end six tight end three. So he's been up in the upper echelon of tight ends performing well, uh, getting the receptions, getting the targets. Uh, He's had a very high catch rate uh, with Dak throwing him the ball as well. So I think all of that points very well to him having a shot in this game against Minnesota, which should have plenty of points put up.
2: I do like that one. Um, Yeah. It really does feel like Schultz came on slow and then it was the Dak injury. And I think that really, that really tanked him. Um, But they, they seem to have like a nice connection uh, Dalton and Dak. So I think that's, that is what to me makes this a a plausible play. And uh, I like it. Yeah. I, and I, man, like I said, that game's going to be awesome. There's gonna be so many points scored in that game. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's a good one.
1: I, I will say Dallas's defense has been pretty good, so mm-hmm. maybe not as many points as we fully expect, but yep. I still think it should be a good game.
2: Yep. I mean, if there is an offense that can sort of uh, expose anything here with the, the Cowboys, I think that the Vikings are a great one for that, because, I mean, yeah, I that's why I'm so excited to see the digs and uh, JJ matchup, just just the matchup in general. See what they can do against the uh, pretty stout Cowboys D.
1: Yeah, he has to avenge his brother. I mean, come on. Very true.
2: Yeah, very true. You think he'll be giving them tips? Like like Stefan will be like, hey, so this is what I was seeing out there. Just heads up.
1: (laughs) We'll see. But yeah, the Cowboys are giving up 18 points a game. And the Vikings are giving up 21 points a game. Both offenses are scoring 23, 24 points a game, I think. Um, so I don't quite know if there's going to be as many points as kind of saying, but then again, Bill's defense is also
2: pretty good and game ended 33 30. So yeah, we, we shall see. Um, but great. Uh, we will, we'll see how that goes. Got the top dogs locked in. And, uh, last but not least taking it to the last segment of the show, there's a meaty little trade here that I want to talk about. I originally put one up here that that Donnie and I did, um, but I was swiftly uh, reprimanded by Evan about putting uh, that trade over the one that him and Eric got done in our Rogues League.
1: I was just curious why you
2: weren't going with the one that, you know, you, the two other co-hosts had. It was a good call. It was a good call because honestly, I was just, I went seeking for trades and it just so happened I was going in order. I have all my leagues alphabetized and the Alchemist League is the first on my list, which is the league that Donnie and I made our trade in. So I was writing that down and was going to still go through the rest of the leagues to try to see what else was uh going on and kind of match them up. But Evan sort of saved me the trouble there by pointing out that, yeah, this trade that you guys did in rogues league. I mean, do you guys just want to kind of take us through the the process here? How you guys landed with this? It's a, is a meaty one, especially in a kind of the league settings um, that we have for Rogues. So yeah, just take it away guys. how do you guys come up with this uh, trade and get it done?
1: It wasn't even a talked about trade. It was oh, wow. just me. It was just me saying, "Okay, I know Eric likes Deshaun Watson for his football ability. I know oh, he right. wants. I know he wants his first back. I know He's he likes probably. Isaiah. I know he likes Isaiah Spiller. Mm-hmm. And there was a fifth that's just a roster clogger to me, so got that off. And I threw Traylon Burks in, thinking that that was going to be the sweetener to be able to get it done." Um, I absolutely love what I'm seeing out of Patrick Mahomes. As long as Andy Reid is the coach there, Patrick Mahomes is a locked and loaded top five quarterback, and you pair that with Justin Herbert and Jalen Hurts, and I feel like I don't have to think about that position or draft that position ever, ever again, ever again for that league. Those are
2: your those are your three QBs. In that yeah.
1: Yeah. We're going to wow. have
2: Eric, see me after class. We need to have a discussion about what you've done here.
1: And, and personally, when I was looking at it, I've seen Burks play three different times. I've seen him play twice in the preseason and once this past weekend. Um, and frankly, I'm just not enthused one by the Titans offense, period. Um, Malik does not look like it, which is very unfortunate. Um especially as a passer, I should say that I should clarify as a passer, yeah. he does not look like it. Um, the offense also spreads the ball around a whole heck of a lot to their tight ends, to their wide receivers. Um, so while Treylon is having a relatively decent game tonight, I mean, you're just not seeing the volume that AJ Brown got being force fed the ball as a true wide receiver one. Yeah. He's still a rookie. Yeah. He's been hurt. Um, but I just haven't seen them looking his way. I haven't seen him being the primary read. Um, So all of that is just making me lose a little bit of confidence in Traylon. So I was perfectly fine using him as a sweetener. And I looked at it as Burks and Spiller for Fryermuth, which I was happy about and I was fine with because I absolutely love Fryermuth. Uh, I think he's going to grow very well with Pickett. Uh, As the safety net for that offense, I think that offense is hopefully going to be getting better next year. Pickens is ascending, so they still have great young offensive weapons uh, in that team on that team. And then just not knowing, you know, what basically two years off of football has done to Deshaun Watson. uh, I'm perfectly fine sending off Deshaun Watson in the first to be able to get the security of Patrick Mahomes uh and when i was perusing the league and looking at our max points uh i was realizing that eric's pick was not going to be as easy or as early as i thought it was going to be and that's what made me more willing to give it up yeah so even though oh, eric has a very bad record in that league uh he has a lot of points scored a lot of max points
0: there's two leagues that i knew i was going to be garbage coming into this year this is one i wasn't really expecting that i actually thought i had an okay team and it just has not worked out.
2: I thought the same thing last year with my team. And I ended up having, I, I traded it away. And I ended up having like the first over, or like the second overall pick. And it just, it, this league is weird, man. I think it might be the shallow benches or uh, the the shallow uh, uh, roster. Posters. Yeah. yeah I think be. that might have something to do with it because it's just hard to pick the right guy uh, to put into that last flex spot. I feel like that's what really killed, like that loses a lot of people, a lot of games.
1: And, and like for me getting, getting the tight end and Friarmuth, Muth, I was happy with that because now I'm pairing him with Pitts, So I'm pairing two very young tight ends together. So once again, it's another position I feel like I don't really have to think about. And then I also have Dalton Schultz who will probably be on a new team next year. Um, So you combine that. And I feel like I have three tight ends that could realistically all end as tight end ones. Um, tight end ones as in top 12 tight ends. So once again, we're talking about another position that I feel like I don't really need to think too much about, which is what I appreciate. Running back is really the position on that team that I need to think a whole heck of a lot about and figure out what the heck I'm going to do. But yeah, knockout positions one after another. That was my thought process on it. Eric?
0: No, that that makes total sense for you. For me, it was really, really hard giving up my homes because I was like, okay, I got this QB for the next 10 years. I don't have to worry about QB. I just got to figure out the rest of the team. This, this league is in its third year. I won it the first year. And then I made the playoffs last year as the fourth seed, and I just flamed down, and i just been bottoming out this year for some. My team is very old, and I traded away a lot of picks to win that first chip. And so I hit the point where I kind of hit the reset button this offseason where I got youth but I still felt like I could maybe compete with that youth and it just hasn't worked out. And so I kind of hit the eject button. I've been moving veterans. I moved Kamara. I moved another player. Thank, thank you um, for that, by the way. Uh, you're welcome. And I just accumulated three draft picks, three first round draft picks through doing that. And then Evan sent me that and I was looking at it and I was like, Oh, I don't really want to give up my homes, but The thought process is if Deshaun comes back and in a year or so, where these picks for me kind of kick in, he's the Deshaun that he was. The drop off from Mahomes isn't that significant that getting picking up Burks a first and possibly if Spiller turns out to be good out of that is quickens my rebuild. Mm hmm. So it is m- much more of a gamble on my end than it is Evans, who's solidifying his team for sure. But if Deshaun is Deshaun, and I can and Burks is a decent, at least a decent talent, right? And I can turn that first into something good, which is my first, which should still be a fairly high pick. Then I might be filling three spots instead of one with Mahomes. Was the thought process?
2: It, it seems fairly obvious to say but this this trade essentially does just boil down to you are gambling on watson like that oh, yeah. that basically is what it is That's if watson out, if watson comes out and he just can't get it together and, and like taking those years off and and all the turmoil and everything else just just turns into a a, a burnout then yeah, yeah i mean obviously you very much lost the trade but but if he's the guy that he was before all the drama and stuff, um then I, picked I would up a top six or seven QB with assets. I would go as far as saying as I think you slightly won the trade um
0: right.
2: if if that does end up being the case, I, I think that it's still close to just like good and even. um mm-hmm. but it with the the additional assets and just, me personally, still to this day, I mean, I am not, I have not lessened on Traylon Burks personally. I, I still think we're seeing like rookie year Traylon Burks where like I was always kind of like, I think Traylon Burks is kind of a year two play. I, I just don't know if he'll translate immediately uh, year one. So that's kind of where I'm still at with him. And if he turns into what I still think he can turn into, I think I lean like a 60. 40, 65, 35 on on your side of things, Eric. Right. If Watson shows out and Traylon Burks shows out.
0: The, the the trade basically boils down to Evan has a guaranteed high floor with a pretty high ceiling too, because Mahomes. I have a very low floor with a hugely high ceiling out of this trade. That if everything hits with me, that could project me right back into contending in this league next year. Where if they don't work out, that could just Cost me a couple seasons.
1: So, 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 Corey, uh, you really like Traylon Burks, so I see you have a uh, first-round pick that I'm sure Eric would be very interested in.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh no, yeah, I'm good. I'm good on that. <laughs> <laughs> I I do like Burks. I need that first for running back though, and next year's class has plenty of them that I'm excited to grab um and plus i think my wide receivers are pretty set uh in that league for the most part um but
1: i will you know. say part of part of this also was because of how shallow the starting rosters are it's yeah. only start eight like yeah. i'm used to playing in start 11 start 12 leagues mm-hmm. where you know you really needed more need more depth and you're starting guys that are projected for like eight points kind each of on week. the Kind of on that
2: same vein, Evan, I did want to ask you, now as the owner of Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, and Justin Herbert, how are you going to live with yourself deciding every week who to bench? That's a problem I want to have.
1: (laughs) I don't know, but I'll figure out (laughs) a way to do it.
2: That's what we call a good problem to have.
1: Mm, For sure. I just feel
2: like with the amount of leagues you have, you're going to spend the most time on that league deciding who to put in that super flex spot. And you're going to go back and forth. Like you're going to be like, am I really benching Jalen hurts? You're going to put him on your bench and you're like, no, no, no. I have to play hurts. And then you're going to put,